Hey guys, this is Steve Rosenthal from Powertown Wrestling, originally with Remco Toys back in the 80s, and this is Jared and Jimmy on giving me back my pro wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast. And today we are bringing out the Plastic Chic, everybody. Yes, this is a Plastic Chic episode. You know, it's been a long time coming. We've done all kinds of podcast interviews. We've done all types of podcast topics, managers, factions, whatever, you know. And finally, finally, have we decided to do the greatest pro wrestling action figure. Now, before you get all butthurt, because the list that we provide, again, this is just our opinion. So we think to us, these are the greatest. We did not go out there and say, okay, Mattel shipped four million of this one, sold one on the side. You know, I, I none of that has happened. We have not looked at percentages, numbers. Maybe you have, Sheik, but I have not. And I'll just say no, this is pure opinion purely subjective opinion so you know i mean I, what do you think i mean are you happy to do this show jet oh i'm i'm thrilled to do this show you know i'm a pretty decent collector i'm not uh i'm not matt cardona or anything but um <laughs> you know I, ha- I have a pretty decent collection and i have many more that i would love to add to my collection it's just i can't break uh down enough to pay the prices right. for some of these things yeah. um just Name one. You brought it up. Name one that you cannot just, you would love Golly. to have. Probably the Warlord LJN figure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I've seen it with its arms, like his arms cut off for like $400. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I'm like, uh, that's a little much. Uh, I love the figure and it's, it's, um, well, what's the most easily attainable LJN? What's Hillbilly Jim? Hillbilly Jim. So how about you just slap a couple Hillbilly Jim arms on the? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I see a lot of Hillbilly Jims. There's a ton of those original Hogan LJNs. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to think they made a billion of them. You know that. Yeah, did. I mean, you know, they knew Hogan was going to be their big seller. So right, right. Yeah. I mean that that's he's kind of the guy that you know is going to be sold the most, but also he's the he man. He's the Duke. He's the yeah. You know, he's the action figure that everybody has to have because he's their leader. You know, he's but, Optimus Prime. He's the, he's the yeah. Optimus Prime. Yeah, we could go on for days. He's the Lion-O. He's the Dagon. Whatever. You know. Yeah. So you got to have the hogan and you may be surprised by my list but we'll we'll get into that in a minute so before (laughs) before i guess let's do a little cleaning up of the let's do a little topics here obviously last week we did the royal rumble you know where we had mike jablonski on the show and we went over the history of the royal rumble our best 
way we can and talked about our favorites and had some fun with that. And then, of course, we did our 2023 pickums, and the results are... So the Royal Rumble 2023 just happened, and I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I feel like I had higher expectations than what it gave, you know? I mean, they started with the Men's Rumble, and I just felt like that's the thing I want to see the most. So everything after that felt like, I don't know, I was just kind of bored after that, even with the ending, but we'll talk about that in just a second. So obviously we did our pickums and we, Mike beat us handily. (laughs) He gets the old attaboy. Attaboy. So for the Royal Rumble 2023, Mike Jablonski gets the official, give me back my pro wrestling attaboy. Good job, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could have went either way, except you and I just did horribly. I'm going to look up the Vegas odds next time and just bet on and just go with my picks that way. Just go with Vegas. I I think you would have probably won every one of them if you went with the Vegas odds. Probably. And maybe Mike did that. Who knows? But (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I do feel like he went first in all the picks. Not not saying that he would. That's the only reason he got him right. But we also wanted to create a different pick. Right. To be yeah. uh, kind of a better listen for the podcast than, exactly. if, than picking just what he was going to pick. Yeah, because all the, all three of us would have tied, you know, yeah. and, except with the women's. But anyway, so let's go ahead and go in the order that they happened on the show. So obviously the 30-man Royal Rumble happened first. Cody Rhodes returns wins of course mike got that one he picked cody you and i picked guys that weren't even in the match jared so yeah you know i I feel like and i read this somewhere i can't remember where right now but i feel like the reason that they did the order of the matches the way they did they did the men's first because if they had done the roman reigns kevin owens match first then a lot of people would have expected Sami Zayn to have been in the rumble okay um okay i don't know i got I just went with the hot guy. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. You know, Cody Rhodes is definitely he was the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win or That's, betting, yeah. sports booking, whatever. Right. And right. Um, you know, it, it was great. Cody winning was a super great moment to me. I loved it. You know, sure. the whole Rumble as a whole, uh, probably B range. Sure. Something like that. I no surprises, man. None. Like Booker T was the biggest surprise. And right. as much as I love Harlem Heat and Booker T, yeah, a guy yeah. that basically comes in and got eliminated after he got his little house of fire moment. Right. Doesn't do a lot for me as far as surprises. I mean, yeah. Expecting at least one surprise. Uh, maybe they couldn't pull him off. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just wasn't yeah. in the cards. I don't know. No guys from NXT were on in the match. No, 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 no rumored surprises. I personally feel like since they brought Cody out at 30th, I think they made a mistake by even announcing that he was going to be in it. Honestly, why would yeah. you do that? I mean, I, I don't yeah. think it was necessary for them to announce him being in that match prior to him showing up 30th because that place would have blew the roof off if he would have, you know, just been a cold. You know, intro to it. Oh, and, just oh, yeah. just, and they would have, 
Yeah. And people would have speculated that he was going to be in it, but they they didn't need. They said they were happy with the surprises or everything that they were going to do. Mm, I, mean, I was not. They sucked. But you know, I'm I sorry. loved the Royal Rumble too, and it, it it wasn't like me and you kept texting back and forth. I was like, "We're at number fifteen, no surprise. We're at right. number whatever, no surprise." And then Booker T came out, and we're like, "Well, there's our surprise." Booker T. Yeah, I mean, good for him. He can still go. He That's still looks great. He still looks still great. Looks amazing. I mean, like, but did you ever think that Booker T was going to win that match? No, I mean. And, and I, I do like that Gunther got a push. I mean, oh, uh, Gunther is way over, and he's a made man now with that. Yeah, he's made, and he's not only the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion; he is now a definitely made man, you know, for sure. So, you know, good for Gunther, good for Cody. I wish I, you know, Cardona is he even going to be there now? Who knows? It, 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 he know. might make it at Mania. I heard he had a busy schedule uh, yeah. up up until at least February or March, maybe. So. Maybe yeah. he's going to come back at Mania, or maybe they're going to right. next Rumble or something like that. Maybe he's like, hey, give me another year. Two yeah. things not really surprised by, that Rock and CM Punk weren't there. I jokingly picked The Rock because I just felt like picking. I should have picked Cody. It would have put me in a better pace, but Sammy was my second choice. I just wanted something different. It may be spectacular, so I chose The Rock again. Well, his mom was there. but <laughs> the, uh, the sports books, though, did have The Rock and Sammy Zayn tied for the next best odds after Cody. So yeah, well, thanks. We weren't far off. Sportsbook. Anyway, (laughs) so overall on that one, I I agree with you. I think maybe like a C plus at best on that match for me. You know, it just honestly didn't have the surprises that it normally did. But yes, Gunther was a made man. He did awesome in it. I think, you know, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus looked great in it. Cody obviously won. I just wish they wouldn't have announced him being there. So that being said, Mike, you won that one. So the next one we're going to cover is the Midnight Bowl Cosmic Bowling. (laughs) pitch black Mountain Dew match with Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. You know, Shane McMahon is officially Uncle Howdy. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe Jeff Hardy is. Who knows? But Bray was picked to win. Mike and I picked him. You picked LA Knight just to be different, probably. I don't think it did any favors for LA Knight, honestly, unfortunately. You know, he showed no fear going up to the match. And then when he was in the match, he was really afraid. And I don't know, man. I just I was kind of hoping that he would have a little more idiotic bravado or something. Does that make sense? You know, but yeah, I mean, I I was texting another friend and I said, you know, these gimmicky matches like this. Right. They're never like spectacular, really. I mean, yeah, I I will give you this. So I like the pitch black match way better than I did that red tent hell on the cell that him and Seth Rollins did. Yeah. Yeah. it was beautiful to look at. Oh, you visually know. stunning. I mean, like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and I'll, I might get hate mail for this, but it's like Avatar visually stunning. But it, but the story was maybe leaving something lacking to me. Right, for sure. And I mean, it was beautiful to look at. But again, it was Midnight Bowl. Come on. It was a yeah, church yeah. lock in at the bowling alley. Yeah. And you were, you know, skating or you're bowling and it's Cosmic Bowl. I've heard it called or whatever. But anyway, you know, not much to say on that unless you have anything else to add. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I figured that was going to happen. I just wanted to pick LA Knight because I thought there might be some kind of gimmicky finish. Gimmicky uh, finish. I, yeah. I like, I like to Bray's look was really cool. Yeah. He always, he always does good with his look. So, yeah. And you but know, I, LA Knight's trunks looked great too. Oh, they, yeah. They looked natural without the weird lighting and looked green with the lighting. It looked good. Yeah. I, um, I'll still say it though. Bray Wyatt as the cult leader with the, 
you know, with with his three Colossuses. Colossus should still be champion with those guys <laughs> right. surrounding him. I mean, like, how do you? I mean, right. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You know, maybe Karrion Cross can go in there and, you know, there's some others they had initially picked for his Wyndham six or whatever. Maybe they don't do that. Wyatt six or whatever. Yeah. But the we'll see. Uncle Howdy, I think, is definitely probably Bo Dallas, though. Right. I mean, is that I a, mean, that's what everybody thinks. But I, I, yeah. I don't know. Does Bo Dallas do spots like that? That's what I was trying to. <laughs> I mean, for the right amount of money, I would do that spot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Triple H, yeah. call him up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the next match was Bianca versus Alexis. We saw another glimpse of a possible tie with Bray Wyatt in this match as Uncle Howdy kind of showed up through a glass, a screen or something. Correct? Am I correct on yeah, that? Yeah, something like uh, it was on the big screen. I don't really know. Right. Yeah. What you call what it was supposed to be like, but no big surprise there. Uh, Bianca wins. You and Mike pick Bianca. You know, Alexis to me is on a path that's going to separate her off from Bianca. And I don't know. It's, she's going to be kind of like a Bray Wyatt where she doesn't really need the belt. What What are you thinking about this match? Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't pick her. I mean, like Alexa Bliss doesn't need the women's title if she's going to be involved in the Bray Wyatt stuff. Right. It just doesn't. I mean, it's like the Undertaker. He didn't need the strap. I mean, like, right. If you do these type of characters right, they don't need the belt to be over. Yeah. And that to me, you know, can separate a lot. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to sound bad on my, on some people are going to hate this maybe, but Ric Flair's character needed the belt. Right. 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 Hulk Hogan's character needed the belt. Right. But other characters like they can be that without it. And there's not many of them that have been like, the guy without the belt, but like it's right. You know, Stone Cold was somewhat the guy without the belt, but he also had the belt quite a bit too. So yeah, exactly. I don't know. I would like to see almost like a Ravens flock come out of this with Bray uh, Wyatt, could, him kind of picking some I, people, you know, that will bump for him and and him kind of lead them and that kind of thing. But we'll see, you know. And then, and then a Goldberg show up to destroy the whole. Thank yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> Literally, probably actually Goldberg will show up. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the next match was the 30 women Royal Rumble. You know, none of us got it correct. You know, Shotzi, Naomi, you pick Naomi, Mike picked Shotzi, I picked Bailey. And, you know, each of us, obviously, Naomi didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi wasn't even there. So my two picks, <laughs> Shotzi was in it. Yeah, okay. my two picks. Naomi and Sami Zayn for the Rumbles weren't even there in the matches. Right. So, right. I, I do think maybe I should have f- picked Nia Jax. I mean, at least she was in it. I was, was kind of thinking they were going to have that add a girl to the bloodline kind of just yeah. to grow their numbers or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. 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 You know, it, my bad. <laughs> I don't know if I would put her in that feud, but I, I get what you're saying in that faction, but just in the faction. It is. Sure. Just, Sure, you know, just to stand there, but that'll be fine. So, you know, Mike picked Shotzi. That was a long shot. I thought Bailey was a fair, you know, bet. But again, thinking about it now, Bailey really doesn't have to win that to be considered a an upper tier person. So, Rhea, I think needed that bump, you know, mm-hmm. to the top because this is going to easily. I, who do you think she goes after, Bianca or Charlotte? Mm, maybe Bianca. Hadn't she had her? Hadn't her and Charlotte had a thing a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, maybe they. I think, Bian- I think maybe she beats Bianca, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bianca's had it for how long? Over a year, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I don't. 
I, again, I'm sorry. I'm not women's wrestling expert. I don't know exactly how long they've had the title, but yeah, I think Me. she may have had that almost a year and a half. So sure. So it seems about right. seems about right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it'd be about that time for her to drop the strap. And, you know, I could see Rhea really kind of coming out of this. That was one of the, the bright spots is Rhea Ripley's victory, I think, in that I feel like she's going to vault herself to a, a different level. And it'll be good to see that because I think they need some fresh blood in in those storylines. You know, and she's kind of been the China to, you know, that faction's DX. But... Right. At the same time, I just, you know, I don't know. Edge is going to go into battle with them, so we'll see how all this pans out because, you know, Edge is kind of him and his wife right now. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. So, you know, that was the 30 women Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Probably the match of the night was the Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, and it really wasn't even the match itself. It was the finish where, you know, officially Sammy was pushed too far. And Roman Reigns was telling him, you know, they had Kevin Owens handcuffed to the ropes and he's sitting there and he's basically out of it. And he, you know, Roman is essentially calling Sammy out, saying, finish him. He hands him a chair and, you know, call back to the old shield spot where Seth Rollins turned on, you know, Roman. Roman turns his back. And there were so many cool layers in this because first off, Sammy, he's not like 100% that he wants to do it. So he he goes ahead and cracks Roman in the back. He chooses not to hurt his friend. Mm-hmm. He turns on the man he's been trying to please for six months or more now. And there were so many cool things about it. First of all, Sammy was twisted. Then mm-hmm. almost the PTSD like look on Roman's face when he's like down on the ground and he's like looking up like, are you kidding me? Like it was almost like a bit of a weakness that I saw in Roman that was really good on his part as far as acting goes. And then you had the the Usos who Jimmy's been with him the entire time, right? He's been cool with Sammy the whole time. And Jimmy's standing there and Jay who took a while to warm up to Sammy. So right. I saw that Jay has got this ride or die where he's like, okay, it took me a while to warm up to him, but I really do like Sammy. He's a good dude. And so Jay is standing there like, what is going on? Like, he's really like bugged about like, he's like, dude, that's the tribal chief. And all of a sudden, Sammy's just like, he's dropped the chair and Sammy's like, I I did what I had to do. I couldn't hit Kevin. I I, I hate that I just did that. And bam, he gets super kicked in the face. And, you know, dude, it was a work of art. That last segment was the best part of the whole show, other than Cody winning. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. To me, that was the best part of the show. Well, I mean, what did you think about all that? Yeah, I liked it. And, you know, they're probably going to have something with Jay and Roman going forward, too. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly how they're going to do that. Somebody right. said they could do like a, like something with the tag titles. They could have Jimmy and, uh, and Sammy wrestled to see who's the other half of the tag champs. Since they kind of did like a free bird rule the other day. Right. Um, right. I don't know yeah. if that's, I guess it's just people speculating. That's uh, very hypothetical, but not out of the realm of possibility. Not out of the realm. Right. What I do like is that at least put Sammy with somebody. It's not Sammy versus Roman straight up and the blood you know, line, and the blood yeah, yeah and it also because you know kevin's gonna be there now kevin's not you know the other could be a six-man match somehow with right. jay sammy and uh, but this is if this breaks kevin. up the usos that's crazy because they're one of the best tag teams in wrestling you know yeah 
and I'm never. I, I don't know that. where. <laughs> you know, did was was this was this done too early? I don't know if this was done. I mean, should Sammy kind of have been fully accepted first, yeah. lost that honorary thing, and then this happened? I don't know. Who knows? My my worry is that something's going to get let down on the way to the road to WrestleMania if they have to do two storylines with Roman, one right. where Cody's coming to challenge him. Or one where and one where he's challenging Sammy or somebody. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. Does that dilute too much to have? I've heard this. He's going to wrestle Saturday and Sunday night, and yeah. he's going to have to defend both titles. The other thing is, is that there was rumors of Cody winning them both of them from him on Saturday night, and then Roman facing The Rock on Sunday night. You know, because you obviously wouldn't need the title. If you're facing yeah. the rock, you know, so, but, but does that then diminish his battle versus the rock? If he has no titles, I, it's all about the buildup, right? Right. So, you know, I've, I kind of have wondered if they might do this. Cause I've been hearing that USA really has kind of wanted a title, a main title on their show. Yeah. And Roman's been mostly SmackDown. Right. I was kind of wondering if they might somehow unify the two belts for Roman yeah. Have him wrestle Sammy or somebody, and then they create like kind of like a tournament yeah. to, to, to determine Cody's opponent for the new Raw title, let's say at or something. That's just a theory. Uh, nothing yeah. to back it up. But well, if it had my druthers, if you're the champion, I think you could be Monday and Friday anywhere you need to be. When it was Monday and Tuesday, that's a different story. It's Monday and Friday. You're the champion. I think one title for the whole company. To me, that is where it should be. It should be the WWE title. They don't need two titles. It's just, I'm sorry. They can have the Intercontinental, the U.S., the tag. All that's fine. I don't care about those. What I think, though, is there needs to be one ultimate title in WWE, and they need to get rid of the Universal because... Because I just, you know, I think it's just a dumb name for a title anyway. It's a dumb name for a title, too. You're yeah. Right. So, anyway, well, we all picked Roman in that match. I don't think there was any surprise there. But, you know, overall, give your grade of the entire premium live event. <laughs> uh, B. B? Uh, like a, yeah, not yeah. a B plus, but a B. Yeah. I think I think B. Me, too. I mean, I, yeah. I, th- I think that it got a B because... You know, Cody won. Um, most of the matches kind of went the way we expected that we thought they would go, not not the yeah. way we picked, but right the way we right. thought they would go. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's it, man. So anyway, like we said, Mike Jablonski, good job, buddy. So don't be boy. So, yeah, don't be so pissed off. You got an attaboy. Good job. All right. So our next topic, obviously, it's a couple weeks old now, but to pass by it, you know, it'd be too hard not to. But, of course, you know, Jay Briscoe of the Briscoes has passed away. It's very sad stuff. The other night on AEW Dynamite, Mark Briscoe wrestled Jay Lethal in in a definitely tear-jerking match. Did you get to watch that match, Jet? I did watch the match. I I specifically, you know, I, I specifically watched Dynamite as it was happening, kind of to watch that match. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, a little bit of a heel towards Warner brothers discovery here and say, they should have let a better thing been done the week before. They right. should have let, they should have let a video package been done the week before. Right. Instead of just a little placard at the front and everybody with their armbands on. Right. Um, and it's a shame. 
I know, I know that, you know, they, he said they had a post on Twitter that they didn't like, and you know, he's, he'd apologize for it. 10 years. He'd apologize for it. I mean, I guess those people at Warner brothers discovery have never done anything in their past that they want. They don't want people to discover. I mean, right. Yeah. Discovery. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Discovery. (laughs) It's just a shame that it couldn't have been more, uh, the week before, uh, it was a nice tribute, you know, his brother, I think, was emotional. I mean, and, and why wouldn't he be? Jay, 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 Lee, was, Jay Lee, Lee was, was extremely yeah. emotional. So, yeah. But it was a yeah. good, um, it was a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good moment. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm a fan of the Briscoes as far as a modern day tag team, you know, and they're brothers and, you know, they are very close in age. And, you know, it's, it, it you know, kind of hits home a little bit, you know, the mm-hmm. concern that all brothers have that are close that, you know, that one day one of us will be here and the other won't, you know. Right. And that's that's a very real possibility in everything. And one thing that, you know, I, I talked to Wolfie D about it and I said to him, I said, man, it's crazy. We talked about this on our show. And I said, you know, it's crazy that in the next day you can be gone. He's like, dude, you can be gone in the next minute, you know, yeah, the next minute. And, and that's that's just something that's that's crazy. You know, we're never promised tomorrow. And that's that's something you've got to believe in your heart because it's true. You can be gone in the blink of an eye and you, you don't want anything to be left unsaid. And that is something that, you know, I think should be everyone's New Year's resolution for 2023. We just passed January technically. So it's still early. You can still squeeze another one in. And I think that would be a good one to do for sure. So, yeah. You don't want to, and most of the time when we have, you know, falling outs or whatever with people or hard feelings with people, it's, it's really something minor in in the, in the grand scheme of things. And you got to think, is it really worth cutting that person out of your life for that? You know, anyway, our condolences go to the Pew family, you know, Mark and Jay Briscoe, especially his kids. I know they've been a long road to recovery. They have a long road to recovery from their injuries. So, yeah. Can you imagine being those little girls and waking up from the surgery to find out the worst news in the world? I just. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, like to have to, you know, they have a, they have it tough. You know, they're probably going to tell them about, they probably told them, I'm sure about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but our prayers and condolences and thoughts and all the good thoughts that we can give go out to that family. And I hope you all share that with them. I think one thing you can say is the wrestling world has really embraced this family. And 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 that's one good thing about sometimes a very toxic fan base. So uh, I'm I'm happy to see that how much they've that. So speaking of fan base, and this one may be toxic only if you eat it. <laughs> Today we are, of course, as we said earlier, talking the greatest pro wrestling action figure, Sheik. And like I said, we we grabbed you off the wall. We took you out of your mint on card packaging. Oh, that hurts my heart. heart. 
and we brought you to this show as our expert in the world of action figures. So I say this, let's take a little break and we'll come right back for the greatest pro wrestling action figures after these messages. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. All right, we are back to give me back my pro wrestling with the greatest pro wrestling action figures. Action figures. And we are, of course, going to do this in a top 10 list. So with that being said, you know, you've said this before on a previous episode. Without action figures, we don't know if we are as big a pro wrestling fan as we became because we watched it, and I remember you and I both at the same time basically being mesmerized by wrestling on TV. But without those action figures that we could hold in our hand, you know, that was like a revelation to me when you said that. I was like, you know what? I think he's right. I don't know that we could have done this without action figures. I mean, I think that still rings true, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, as I've got older, you know, it's it's the, the action figures. I still, even when I wasn't really... When I didn't have a kid or didn't have it, I, I would always use the excuse of, hey, let me go over here and check out these wrestling <laughs> figures. Right. And, uh, you know, looking at looking at them over the years, wish I had bought some over the years that I didn't. That you, but, yeah, that you saw and you were like, hey, I'll get them next time. I'll get it. I, why do I need that? Basically, <laughs> I'm yeah. a drunk man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, you're kind of you were kind of thinking what I kind of think, but you know what? I really do enjoy pro wrestling action figures. Now, the one thing that I will point out in the differences in our list is I think you'll see where my collecting or enjoyment kind of stopped in a sense, and I think maybe your list will maybe show the continuation of that. But that's what makes you the plastic chic, right? Right. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's funny to think about, but, you know, I just recently saw that Power Town is going to be releasing, you know, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers action figures, which, you know, that could open up a whole world of conversation there as far as maybe their Super 7 deal is over. I never was really impressed with the Super 7, especially Brian Myers sculpt looked horrible. You know, the bodies looked good, but yeah. I, 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 Super 7 to me is very good at cartoon characters they're right. top notch but when it came down to facial and like real life faces i, I don't know man but again what, what are your thoughts on that yeah you think they didn't have maybe the the scan technology that mattel has or anything like that it's right right I don't know. jazzwares does a pretty good job with it i, I you know I, I was you know the the skin tones on some of the first ones were a little off on the jazzwares but the, the facial features seem to always be Right. You know, pretty de yeah. detailed, decently detailed. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I don't know, maybe there's a, a lack there. Was it one of the Good Brothers, one of their figures, Super 7, didn't look real good either. Carl Anderson? Or was it Doc? I think it was Doc Gallows. What I, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that that most recent Andre in the yellow trunks. Have you seen that? No. uh -uh. It's take a dump, Andre. He's got like it's almost you know that face that Doc. You speak of Doc Gallows. That face he would make when he was Festus. Yeah. Like that, like dumb, like uh, look to him. (laughs) They've got Andre doing that face, like with his tongue showing. It's just not a good sculpt. And honestly, I feel like it may be the death nail for wrestling action figures as far as Super Seven goes, unless they get that figured out. Now, on the other hand, Power Town. That's a whole other question. First of all, Steve. Where's our plastic chic action figure? We talked about that on your episode. Now, two, you're a little more cautious with this, but I don't care to get a little fired up. I don't want to ruin any kind of relationship that we have with Power Town. I would never want to do that. But is this a little bit of a cash grab for them? I, I just don't want this to take them off their path. You know what I mean? With that, that's that's what kind of I was kind of confused when I heard that they were, and I I love the major wrestling figure podcast. I mean, they, they probably boosted my collector uh, side of me a little more when I started listening to them. Sure. But like they have a ton of figures. Like I thought part of the power town message was getting people who don't have, right. who aren't working, who are dead and gone, let their family, you know, like re- kind of get some stuff off their name or let these guys that don't have a retirement plan, right. you know, get some money. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that maybe Powertown just so successful with that first series, uh, you know, sale that they are just going a little bit. You know, they they they're saying, well, we can we can sell these too. So that's maybe. a very positive look. But I'm almost thinking that maybe they weren't well, successful. I, and and maybe that's maybe that's the thing you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't I don't quite understand. You know, here here's my thing. Outside of some of the selling points of the other, I always thought no matter how much of a wrestling fan you are, Luthez is going to be a tough sell. For sure. Even Vern is going to be a tough sell. For sure. Just because, like, even I have, I don't even know if I have any recollection of ever seeing Vern do anything in ring, even watching the AWA on ESPN or anything like that. So you're talking about people who are your prime collector age, which I would think would be like 25 to 55, somewhere in there, that are probably not going to have much recollection of Vern Gagne in the ring or right. Lu- definitely not Luthez. Right. So, so then you're leaning on Magnum and Kerry Von Erich and Brody. Brody. I would and guarantee but, Brody's their top seller. My but, let, but let me ask you this, though, too. All three of those guys didn't wrestle past. What what was the last year one of those guys wrestled? Well, I mean, eighty seven was Magnum. I'm not hundred percent positive. Nineties for Carrie. Ninety one, ninety two, maybe. Bro- Brody was eighty eight, I think. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm hoping and I'm excited about all the figures I'm getting from Powertown. Sure. I'm just I'm just wondering, like some of the names we heard from Greg for the second series. To me, those are bigger names that would probably sell better. Right, right. But, and, and yeah, and by the way, <laughs> he dropped those. Yeah, we oh, didn't ask. Yeah, he, yeah he, we, he dropped them. I mean, you you said, is there any hint of a future release? Yeah, I mean, like, 
Yeah, and we he was like, well, for season two, we're thinking Rock and Roll yeah. Express, Wahoo, Gorgeous George. Yeah. You know, we're like, just like Koloffs. It's just well, like, okay. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I love it. What about season three? <laughs> yeah. You know, come on. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope the best for Powertown. And I do. I, I want them to succeed. I just don't want them to go off of their brand. Again, it just concerns me a little that maybe this is something that, you know, obviously the, the major wrestling figure podcast, they're going to sell action figures that's what they do and people love them for it to tag team with power town is a genius idea nothing wrong with that i just don't know that we need another matt and brian action figure set again now if you didn't buy the super seven i would recommend highly buying the power town line from what it looks like all I mean, I think Powertown is going to be one of those that is considered highly, highly detailed and high quality. That's what it looks like to me. So the one thing is, is I hope they never back off of that. And the other thing is, is I hope they stay true to their first initial thoughts of getting the name out there and getting the, the action figure for those that haven't had the action figure. And we'll see. I guess time will tell on that, right? So yeah, yeah. definitely that. I mean, I definitely want to see the names of people in my childhood rather than people who are my same age or younger. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that pretty much can be that on that. And we, you know, we love Power Town. We're, we're supporting them 100%. And and as that being said, you know, one day when, when Major Wrestling is saying, man, that, that give me back my pro wrestling podcast, those guys really, they tell us everything we need to know about action figures. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll we'll say that for them as well so let's go ahead and i say this let's do our 10 through 6 of the top 10 greatest wrestling action figures action figures and so chic obviously this is your this is your area of expertise and i think you need to start us out here with number 10 so um this list is hard for me uh as you can imagine as lists are hard lists are hard man lists are hard but as a collector, I mean, like, um, yeah. you know, if I was doing top 10 wrestling moves of all time, I could, I could be like, well, I, I don't do those on a regular basis. So I can, I can take away some of my right. involvement, but as a collector, it's, it's a little tougher. Yeah. So starting at number 10, I'm going to have a, uh, tie at number 10 so I could get, uh, 11 figures in my top 10. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, so the first one is. Um, the WCW toy biz DDP where he's like, it, it's not very good for wrestling, like, like wrestling with the figure, but it makes the diamond cutter sign. And I know that one. Yeah. This head. So yeah, that was uh, a good looking figure. Kind of a skinnier style, kind of a skinnier style. Yeah. But that's yeah, the way that that style was style was made and nothing wrong with that. And it looked good. And honestly, it looked like DDP, you know? Yeah. So there was no question on that. And that's a good figure. I don't remember much from that line other than seeing them in the store. And I do yeah. remember there was a four horsemen set. I think that was made by that same company that Ric Flair just really didn't look like Ric Flair, but it had Benoit and had Malenko and it had Mongo in it. And, you know, a cool line. And all obviously I had that for years, but I don't know what happened to it. Did I give that to you or did I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have it. So, I, yeah, I don't think so because I, I have everything I've had. Yeah, I know you. You were a you were our true link to the past on that <laughs> stuff. So yeah, and then my tie for tenth place with that is the Ultimate Edition Ultimate Warrior. It uh, he has the WCW 
version. It's the oh um, yeah. He has the duster that has like the NWO spray paint, the MWO like tombstone on it and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, good. So it's a great figure. I love it. I bought it actually at a Toys R Us in Canada. Nice. Uh, after okay. Toys R Us in America and clo- the United States, it closed. So nice. I like that. that. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So, you know, they don't do wrong there with the Ultimate Editions. I I mean, is there a bad one that you can think of? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of, there might be some that 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 weren't necessary at the point. But, like, I don't yeah. know. Some of the people some of the people they put out there, and I can't even think of a name right off the – maybe Ronda Rousey. Uh, they have, gotcha. like, an Ultimate Edition of her. I'm like, well, does she really deserve an Ultimate Edition? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing that I've had issues with of the, any of the current figures is the face sculpts for the for Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, especially. I I don't know that they always hit the mark on there. They look more like right now Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan rather than whereas with the Ultimate Warrior, and again, I know he's passed, but I feel like the the Ultimate Warrior face sculpts have looked way better than the Hogan and the Flair. They always just looked like the older versions of them, but, you Is know. Is because the paint, like, hides it, though, kind of? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not maybe. sure either. Maybe. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they've kind of missed the mark on those. But anyway, that's that's awesome. So mine is, again, these are just, I, I just truly kind of tried to make a list the best I could with the figures that I absolutely loved. And I tried to spread it across the lines that I knew the most. So my number 10 is the Hasbro Warlord. And I, yeah, I, that action figure to me, if I think of the, the Hasbro line, I love the Ric Flair. The Road Warriors were awesome. The demolition was great. You know what I mean? Like Skinner, Razor yeah. Ramon had a great action figure in that line with yeah. the black vest and the red trunks. But at the same time, to me, my favorite Hasbro, if I had to own one of them, it would be the Warlord with the silver mask, the Phantom of the Opera kind of deal with the black shoulder pad kind of thing it's just such a cool figure it's such a cool you know unfortunately they didn't do a lot with the warlord where i you know if i were vince mcmahon i would have done my best to book him against the whoever was the top because to me he just seemed like such a great big villain but anyway that figure is just so i know they use that word toyetic but it just looks so good it just looks so good you know there's a lot of those out there that are like i mean i don't know about a lot i guess i was exaggerating the numbers I know, but I know there is a big thing in the uh, fan community where people like custom made a stone cold out of that. So they exacto knifed the mask off kind of and made like a stone cold out of him. Wow. Holy cow. But I haven't heard of that figure being super rare either. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's, that's just my favorite. That's my favorite Hasbro out of all of them. So anyway, well, what's your number nine? Yeah. My number nine is, is another uh, tie. <laughs> it's another tie, so I can get to <laughs> You're going to end up with 20 on your list. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, if we get to honorable mentions, uh, we'll be here a while. But um, yeah, yeah. So this is a figure I would love to have, but also yeah. falls in that. I didn't name this one a while ago because I didn't want to uh, ruin the surprise of it being on my list. But number nine is the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Roddy Roddy Piper G.I. Joe 
Oh, figure three and three quarter inch twenty. I think maybe the had to do with the twenty five year or was it San Diego Comic Con or Joe Con? I can't remember something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was a it was an event that they were at, and it was like the and it's a. I mean, it, it's probably not the best like accurate looking of Roddy Piper necessarily, but it's a great figure. But it routinely goes for a thousand plus because most of them are signed. Yeah. So yeah. And, and then you can find ones that aren't signed are like $750. It's like, ugh. Do you know the story of that figure? I don't. I, I'm just curious what, because I know that they had, you know, Sergeant Slaughter. I know that there was a, talks of having a Rocky action figure from St- Sylvester Stallone. At yeah, one that, that's where Boa, Big Boa, big Boa came, came from. But yeah. do you know, was he planned earlier on and they didn't make it? or I haven't it? heard anything like that. I know that they uh, linked his story uh, with Destro's. Right. His Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. 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 Which so makes I, sense. Yeah. They linked his heritage with Destro, but I don't know. I've never really heard if they had meant to do that earlier. Right. I mean, it had been a cool idea. It had been a cool idea if they had a, uh, another, uh, wrestling wrestler villain. in there when, when GI yeah. Joe, especially, and Piper would have been a great one. I mean, oh, he's perfect for if you think about it. You know, yeah. he's, yeah, that's a great action figure. I've never seen one up close. I've, I've seen never seen pictures. it up close. Either. I've only seen it on eBay. So, yeah, I, I would, that would be one definitely that you would be tempted to purchase for, at a good price. So, yeah. Does that count G.I. Joe? It's a G.I. Joe, but it's, I, it's, it's a it's wrestling. A it definitely counts. Absolutely right, cool. counts. <laughs> you'll, you'll see why in a bit. Okay. <laughs> Number nine for me is a little different, but he's also a great villain. He's also a great hero to, to a, a, a city in the middle of America, but he's a villain everywhere else. And, you know, if there weren't King George and there, if there weren't the Elvis Presley, if there, if there weren't, you know, Babe Ruth or whoever else were Kings of their sports, this guy would be the one true King is Jerry Lawler and the Jack's bone crunching action figure. It, to me, I, there were so many of those that did not hit the mark, and I feel like this one actually looks like Jerry Lawler. You know, it's not perfect because none of the line was perfect. You know, no. yeah. Uh, I mean, but at the same time, I just love that action figure. I love the way it looks, and it's it's the first King action figure, as far as I know. It's the first Jerry Lawler action figure, and I mean, again, I'm a huge Lawler fan, and to know that. It's, you know, it, it, to know that that was his first or one of the first, and it's just such a cool-looking figure. Plus that series, you know, it, again, great action figure. Wonder wonder why they didn't get a Hasbro of him. That's a good question. I mean, when, do, when, does, when did he come to WWE? So WWE? it would have probably been around 92, I think. It's whenever Bret Hart won King of the Ring. 92, 93, because... I guess maybe he'd have been near the end of Hasbro, but... Hey, there you go, Mattel. Get us a retro of him as the Hasbro form. Yeah, have they not already? Have they not? That would be that would be awesome. Because you would have it if they did. I would have it if they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes sense. That's a no brainer. Seriously. Seriously, Mattel, if you're listening, get on that. Because one thing about Lawler, I don't think people understand is I don't know if they have other than the Miz. Maybe I don't know if they have a better traveling spokesperson than Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler has been that for years, and I think the Miz could easily slide into that role of being the traveling spokesperson, like he's done in the past. So, you know, I don't know where they see the Miz right now as far as legacy 
he goes, but I think he's got that kind of that ability. Let me say something. Let me say something about the Miz. I'm expecting them, and maybe they'll do it. I can't believe they haven't let him break the Intercontinental record yet. Yeah, especially because it's Jericho's, right? Doesn't Jericho have it? Right, right. I figure I figure they would want to take that from Jericho. Yeah, but I well, could be wrong. What's his name? Is getting probably pretty close. The Gunther, he's just got it for a minute. I think he's had it for seven hundred and some well, days. No, no, I'm talking about number of times one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because gotcha. I think like Jericho's like eight or nine, and I think Miz is like seven or eight. Yeah. Well, you know they're weird because Cena's a sixteen time, and that just doesn't feel right to me. But no. You know, anyway, so, all right. Well, what's your number eight, brother? Well, it, it was a little bit of segue with something I mentioned a while ago. Oh, it's a Bret Hart King of the Ring, Mattel ringside exclusive, where Bret Hart's got his crown and everything like that. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good looking figure. Um, Great looking figure. Very cool figure. Does it have the robe too? Yeah, he's got the robe and the crown in there and everything like that. It's, it's a really nice figure, you know, and it was a cool moment. Uh, you know, Bret, and that's and that's when I think when Jerry Lawler came out and like crushed the crown and all all that stuff. So yeah, that's a, that's a cool moment. Great moment. The the Hitman has has several action figures. You know, a, a very cool one of of the Hitman and just I like weird. I like not weird stuff, but I like unique stuff. I guess I should say. Yeah. But there's a there's a series of uh, um WCW toy biz. That like had like uh like the hitman as a hitman, like a gangster style hitman. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And Chris Jericho is a line tamer and <laughs> and uh what let Luger what, they had a Luger and a Goldberg, and I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Goldberg One, was like a construction worker, maybe or something. Maybe or, it was I was trying to think what Luger was. Maybe he was like a kind of like a a bad wrestler. <laughs> he, it was something. I think he maybe had like the uh, executioner mask on because he was like something like that torture yeah. or something. Like yeah, that. something yeah. like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Those are just unique. I may have to get those one of these days. Yeah, because that was a weird series. I definitely remember that. So yeah, but, I don't remember but, what the Goldberg was. Though. It'll come to me in a minute. And I'll just yeah. shout it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I, the Hitman to me, you know, I talked to Lawler back on the Live and in Color podcast back early on. It was one of our first guests. And it was just like we had Ricky Morton and we had Jerry the King Lawler. And I was just like, holy crap, where do we go next? Yeah. Where do you go? <laughs> kind of, where do you go from here? Yeah, no. Not to mention, you know, all these other shows, but we, you know, to me, I wish Jerry, you know, because I brought up the, I, I had, I didn't get to ask King too many questions. It was a little bit of a quick interview, but King, he, I brought up his, his, you know, past resume of, of all, and I wanted to talk about the Brett Hart feud with him. And unfortunately we didn't really get to talk too much about it. Cause you know, King kind of leans in on stuff. Like he talks about certain things, but he's always going to bring up the Andy Kaufman and for good reason, but I'm a little tired of the Andy Kaufman story. I, I, I love the the angle. I love it all, but I'm a little bit exhausted on that storyline. I think probably most people are, but in the long run though, Lawler and Bret Hart had a great feud that, you know, Lawler's quick wit and Bret's execution in the ring and, and King can go too. So, you know, actually what's funny is they kind of fight for number four on my Mount Rushmore. So, you know, that, <laughs> that being said, it's but, fitting, right? Yeah, it's fitting. It definitely is. So anyway, well, so my number eight is, 
and this this was a this was kind of a, a tough one for me, but I had to go for it because I, I just thought of the list that I could not remove. And I love this line. We had these action figures as kids. I don't know that we love them as much as I love them now, but it's the fabulous ones from Rimco. Stan Lane and Steve Kern, especially Steve Kern now that I actually know Steve. And yeah, I'm dropping names. I get it. But Steve is just, you know, so cool, so knowledgeable. And he is one of those guys that's an absolute treasure in the business when it comes down to it. So when it comes down to it, I'm a big fan of the Fabs and the Fabulous Ones Rimco line. I mean, honestly, and the, and the they're one of the ones that did not look too far off from the actual oh, they look pretty good, know, people, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I, I love that line. That's what that's uh, I love that uh, tag team there. They're one of my honorable mention, actually, uh, numbers. So I don't have to mention that one later. So, but yeah, they look <laughs> they look great. And you know, I guess if I had my rather's after hearing your interview with Steve Kern, they both kind of more matched than they wore different things. Right, so it'd be cool if they would have had them in both red or both white. Right, um, and yeah. but it's cool. They're cool either way. They are, and I think they did that probably make you buy two packs so they could, you know, <laughs> pop the head yeah, off. Probably but so. We're going to use white tonight or red tonight. But, yeah. you know, they had the the bow ties, the pictures they made. The, oh, yeah. If y'all just look up Fabulous One's pictures, they are very – whoo. They are very of their yeah. times. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's not something I really like to look at, but it's funny in the in the long run. They they sold a lot to the women in the room, and I know that. So, you know, there's a story that Steve used to do that he would – they would t- keep count of their pictures, and he would drop it on the floor of the locker room just so that Jerry Lawler would see how many pictures they sold. So. <laughs> It's so funny. funny. Yeah. But that's so Steve because Steve is just a complete river, you know? So Mm -hmm. anyway, I want to talk to Stan Lane sometime before it's all said and done because that, that would complete the, complete the combo there. So anyway, what is your number seven, Judd? My number seven is Arn Anderson, Galoob, bald spot or not. (laughs) You got to go bald spot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, Sure. I'll take either one, but sure. uh, I love Arn. Uh, if you've listened to this enough, you know uh, he's one of my favorites, and you know I'm. I love the figure. I mean, there's. I think I have both trunk versions. There's a white trunk and a like a burgundy like trunk. So I have both versions. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know if I have both versions with like a bald spot or not, but I I, I do love the Galoob line. You know, the Galoob and the LJN to me are are perfect for people like me that are collectors that, you know, I'm not going to get them out and bang them around or am I? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we can set them up in a nice little case or something like that or on a shelf and they look yeah. great just standing there statuesque. So, right. You know what? It bugs the crap out of me when I watch videos online. Like if I watch a YouTube video or if I listen to a podcast, like recently Jericho said on his podcast that the Galoob line was not the greatest. That bothers me. We had an old host of this show and damn that knocked the Galoob action figures. And to me, that just pisses me off because and I you think- wonder why he's not here. Well, that may be one of the reasons, but we won't get into the rest. I'm lazy. 
But anyway, that being said, the the Galoob action figures I thought were great. In fact, I think they were better than the LJN when it came down to playability. Okay. Now, again, will they ever hold a place in my heart? We were older at that time of the Galoob action figures coming out, so we weren't really playing with action figures as much, in my mind, as when we were with the LJN. I don't know. But had the LJN been the size of the Galoob, dude, I, I mean, that's ultimate playability right there you know what i mean yeah plus and, and, and the galoob were similar size to the hasbro so you could yeah. match them up versus each other and it didn't look terrible it didn't look terrible of course the the hasbro was much more cartoonish which right. is fine nothing which wrong is with wwf that. though it's totally no. wwf and then galoob to me they looked more like the actual wrestler and you know they're dude i you know we could get off on galoob but i think galoob is honestly so underrated and for some reason why they're so hated it pisses me off because to me it's just unfortunate because that's just to me they were they were very underrated so don't yeah. don't listen to me talk if you don't like galoob so. yeah seriously i mean we might even do a galoob show sometime so just yeah. you know buckle up buttercup so my number seven this one i just got for christmas actually so i do have a small collection this may surprise you most of it is funneled to me by the plastic chic but <laughs> my number seven you know i just got actually the steve kern which is my number eight but my number seven is the other one i got and that is the iron chic ljn now mm-hmm. there probably will be more ljn on my my list but when it comes down to the looks the i just love this action figure the pants the boots the mustache the form the face it, it's just evergreen and i feel like it's also one of those action figures that seems to hold up really well as far as the paint job and i, I don't know how they did that pant design but my god it's just the iron chic man i mean you see that and you're like that is the iron chic you know and yeah you know, that you look at something like the Tito Santana LJ and you're like, is that a melted blob? You know, like his face looks like he's crying, that kind of thing. Which, well, and the Tito Santana, they reused it for the strike force, basically. Right. Like, and it wasn't even the modern looking Tito Santana. It was like yeah. the intercontinental title Tito Santana. And But the Iron Sheik to me is one of the tops. Again, I think the early run of LJN, their facial and the way they looked are based off the cartoon. That's just my opinion. But with this one, the LJN, the Iron Sheik is so good. So anyway, that's my number seven. So That's great, brother. I love it. The Iron Sheik. I always wondered why they didn't do like the head scarf for him. Right. Um, Because they did that with all the others. You know, they they had plenty of those with other people. They had, I mean, and you can say, oh, it's too early. Well, no, they had Roddy Piper with the kilt. Right. You know, I don't know if it was rubber. You know, yeah, no, no, it could be totally rubber. It would have been fine. Maybe they, they just want to get into that. I don't know, but it was, yeah. it was missing from it. I think, uh, I bet if you, I bet somebody out there makes them that you could put on them. I bet, I bet and it I, might be, you know, yeah, but it looks great too. Yeah, <laughs> look up Sin Bodhi. I'm pretty yeah, I was sure say, he, Sin Bodhi might do that. Yeah, yeah, future guest. We'll have Sin on sometime for the Sheik's episodes. So he, he will yeah, definitely have been a good up. one for this. <laughs> Yeah, good good idea, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, let's haul, let's call him up right now. Uh, uh, you know, right here. yeah, just Top in the six, in the remaining six. Yeah, here. yeah. So, well, with that being said, what's your number six, brother? My number six is uh, it's probably in the league of I haven't haven't spent the money on it yet, but it it's been pretty reasonable at times. I just have lost some eBay bids over it before, so 
it's it's going to be in my collection, I think, one of these days. But it's the later series Hulk Hogan LJN with the red tank top and the yellow trunks, where he's like posed, like flexing. Uh, it's just such a better uh, likeness of Hulk as far as his size. Like the original yeah. LJN is great, right? Uh, and it's so it means so much to me because it's one of the first figures I remember, but it doesn't have the size of Hulk. It doesn't have the muscle mass of Hulk. And that, that later series, they had a white tank top version and red tank top version. Um, I, I like the red one better. Just yeah. preference. Um, yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm right again. It's all opinion. Right. But I think it matched Hulk Grill. I think the face sculpt looked better. It was less cartoony, like you said. It was more accurate as far as like a realistic, and uh, just the the bulk of him just was better. So yeah, no, it looks great. It's a great action figure. It is. You know, it's funny they kind of Hulk Hogan is hit or miss sometimes, isn't he? Like you yeah. can really have a good one or you can have a bad one. I know there was one figure that his body up top the the tan didn't match the legs or something, or it may be on in older versions as it would age, it would end up not matching. But anyway, you know, was that one of the Hasbros or something? I yeah. Remember. I think it was one of the Hasbros I'm thinking of, but yeah, great, great looking figure. Great. I mean, you can't, you gotta have a great Hogan and Hogan, any wrestling collection that doesn't have a Hogan in it. You're not really collecting much. Yeah. yeah <laughs> seriously. Know? So yeah, I mean, number six for me and this one, I think for this one, we've collected all of these lines. We had Hasbro, we had Galoob, we had Rimco, we had LJN. But out of all of them, I think we probably had more of these than we had of any of the other lines. And that is the Kinkeshi Kinukiman Japanese Muscle Men. Now... Yeah, now the Kinkeshi is an extensive and popular line of collectible erasers, an instance of the modern Japanese popular culture institution of Keshi. The Keshi it includes are monochromatic and derived from the Kinukiman anime and manga franchise, whose primary motif is professional wrestling. The line was launched in Japan in 1983 and licensed in 85 for the American market as M-U-S-C-L-E, reflecting Kinukiman's English title of Muscle Man. Muscle used a harder rubber than Kinkeshi. Its U.S. sequel, The Ultimate Muscle, had a small release of about 20 Kinkeshi, though a larger run of figures using a plastic softer than muscle, but not eraser-like, was released exclusively in the USA. We we called them pink men, but... You know, we had so many of these and, you know, they were like space alien wrestlers. And I don't know, some of them were amazing. Some of them were like, what is this? This is like a, a it's like a dreidel. <laughs> there was one that was like a robotic dreidel. But then some of them were, you know, I know that some of them were based off of Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Hulk. I mean, you know, there was a lot of them. I, there was even one that we. <laughs> Was an interviewer that you and I called former U.S. District 9 Congressman Rick Boucher. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> but 
but anyway, we were, you know, good times, good times. Yeah, we loved those action figures. They had the the little ring belt you could wear that was a ring, but also a collector's belt. And yeah, they, I mean, the cool thing about these is they were re- pretty inexpensive to get. I remember, and you can get like four or five in a pack, yeah. maybe. And we used to get them at Hex. Hex, yes, we loved Hex. So give us back some Hex. Yeah, how about this? Our next show we create is going to be called "Give Me Back My Hex." <laughs> but I mean, we can find them everywhere. But yes, you're right. Getting them at Hex was the best. So anybody that remembers Hex, you go ahead and like this. Uh, you know, give us a like and and rate and review and say I remember Hex. So anyway, yeah, Jack, what do you remember about the Muscle Men? I I remember. Just the little ring thing that had like almost a, a little holder. You held them in and you fight with them. And yeah, uh, I mean, I just remember some of them were very weird as far as like, what are you supposed to be? Like one of them had like spikes all over him. Uh, right. Right. One of them yeah. was maybe just like a, almost like a, it almost reminds you of like a Lego brick or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. seems to me, I've heard that those were supposed to be, fully like wrestlers and they couldn't get licensing or licensing fell through or something. Gotcha. And, I, and I don't know what company, if it was new Japan, all Japan, right. or if it was going to be an American company, I don't remember, but I do know that later they, uh, and I think I gave you a pack of them sometime that they did come out with WWF, like legends. Yeah. Those, uh, lines, yeah. there's like 16 or something like that that they produced. So it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool that they actually ended up doing that later especially if that was what it was meant to be in the first place so yeah i agree that that wwe licensed it and they you, I, I know the package you got me had the iron sheik and Flair. rick flair and maybe mean gene and somebody yeah. else but yeah i was happy with that one because it had sheik and flair in it which are two of my all-time faves so yeah but anyway man i just feel like you know they aren't necessarily what you would say like hey hasbro mattel bone crunching Rimco, whatever, but they were wrestling action figures and we love them. And that's why they're number six on my list. So before we, you know, go into number five, I say, let's take a quick break, listen to one of our buddies, podcast commercials, and maybe a couple of our buddies, podcast commercials. And we'll be right back with five through one of the greatest pro wrestling action figures be right back. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders, you can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. All right, we are back with more from the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all for sticking around. Of course, we are doing the greatest pro wrestling action figures. And again, we've got Sheik. He's come out of the packaging and he's no longer mint on card, but we've got him here with us. And Sheik, I tell you what, since you went first last time, I'm going to go first on this one. How's that sound? Go ahead, brother. Sounds great. All right. So my number five... (laughs) 
Now, five through one is tough because, well, heck, ten through one was tough. But five through <laughs> one, to me, I wanted to make these super important to where they could not be questioned by anybody. And some of y'all are going to be like, this guy is a wrestling action figure idiot. But this one, I don't think anybody can question. If you do, you can kiss my British bulldog. How about that? The British bulldogs, LJN. Oh, man, I love and them. You got to have them together. They're like the daggone Crimson Twins from Pro Wrestling. Tomax and Zaymont from G.I. Joe. But these action figures, you know, you brought it up on a previous episode, and I, I'm glad you still feel the same way that I feel about this, guys, because to me, they were they were like us, man. You know, they were they were two action figures. They looked alike, even though they were separate, you know, they they did look like their people. You know, this is one of the two that I feel like actually did look like Davy Boy and did look like Dynamite Kid. Now, you know, the one was not as jacked as Dynamite, nor was it as as jacked as Davy Boy, but they wore the same gear. They had the maroon tights on and they just look so good. And honestly, they were I probably our first tag team that we had true tag team in LJN, if I'm not mistaken by that. Yeah, I so. remember them meaning a lot to us. I mean, yeah. I, I remember them meaning like, I don't know, we loved them. And like, I can't remember which one I I was going to say I favored Davy Boy and you favored Dynamite, but I don't know if that, that's right. It maybe have it backwards there. I sound it sounds about right, honestly. Yeah, it could be backwards though. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, they were I don't know just just a great set, and they're in my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, I mean it's they 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 were in the list that just got cut out of the top uh, ten that. Uh, they just missed it, and uh, <laughs> it's not easy for me. So <laughs> I know, and uh, you know, but the Bulldogs to me, you know, they're such a great tag team too. They're definitely one of my top ten, top five favorite tag teams, and you know, they are. You know, we just you sent me a text the other day about hey, we need to do this in a watch along, and it was that Rock and Roll Express British Bulldogs match that yeah. so good, and it's really good. It's like thirty minutes long. It's not a short match, but it is a great match, and it it's funny because I think the Bulldogs are kind of the heels in that one. You know, as far as it looked like that because Ricky was taking the heat for most yeah. of it. But anyway, it's hard not to be the heels against Rock and Roll though. So yeah, exactly. It's like how can you do that? So. But it depends on who you're pulling for. But the Bulldogs, to me, are always going to be one of my tops. And I love their LJN. So what's your number five, brother? My number five is I love the figure, first of all. It's, you know, people are going to be like, oh, it's not, it shouldn't be your number five. But I love the figure. Uh, and it was his first one. And for a guy with this big a career, I always felt like he should have been in the Rimco line. But knowing what I know now, I understand he wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't possible for him to be, be in that line without something, but it's Dusty Rhodes Hasbro with the polka dots. Oh, yeah. That is such a figure, man. It really is because, you know, it looks like Dusty. And look like even though it's cartoonish, it still looks like Dusty more, you know, more so than a lot of the other figures did. You know, like the Piper didn't really look like Piper very that much. Piper is terrible. Yeah. Least, at least. It is. It is. I love the figure, but at the oh, same I love time. The figure. Yeah, but the, but the but the new retro they did of that looks so much better. Cool, cool. Well, Dusty to me is you know I because I can see Dusty if you took like the Kurt Hennig face from the Remco line and you had like the hair from Buddy Roberts' hair. So if you took Kurt Hennig's face, Buddy Roberts' hair, then you took the body from like 
Terry Gordy or something or, or Crusher you know, Blackwell or Crusher Blackwell or somebody like that. That would have been a great Dusty Rhodes, you know, that to me. Would. Yeah. But he should have been in the LJN line. And for whatever reason, he wasn't. And I mean, I'm sorry, he should have been in the Rimco line, but I guess he couldn't have been because AWA, you know, they got. Yeah, was, was he in Florida then or was he in. Georgia. Well, he was he was in the NWA, Georgia, right? Yeah, so, but he yeah. would have been Georgia. Yeah, but I mean, Dusty was kind of one of those guys that was everywhere. He was in Championship Wrestling from Florida. He was in Georgia Championship. He was in Jim Crockett. I mean, he 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 had been everywhere, and really he could fit in everywhere. But Dusty, to me, uh, yeah, they missed the boat on that one. A Rimco, if there would have been a further continuation of Rimco, that's what we tried to get out of Steve. Was there ever any talks to go to Jim Crockett? And he never. I mean, I, I don't think you. I, it probably I just. just he, I think he just got to talking about everything else and just missed it. So. I almost feel like it just maybe wasn't a thought that they had. You it know, probably wasn't. Yeah. You know, maybe. I think it could have been killer though, and maybe if they hadn't got Flair and the Road Warriors, maybe they would have kind of right. looked over. Right. But it's just weird because, you know, Flair had that past with Vern, which was his original. And then, of course, the Road Warriors were active in AWA at that time. You know, they were just about to jump to Jim Crockett. So, you know, it's it's kind of a again that you should guys if you have any further questions or thoughts on Rimco definitely go back and listen to our Steve Rosenthal episode I'm trying to think someday if we make like an ultimate Rimco episode where we you know talk about more of the line and then we bring on the segments from all the guys that talked about it with us but in the long run though with that being said the Dusty Rhodes Hasbro is an incredible figure so yeah, absolutely. So my number four is again. Me, you question? Yeah. What was that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I, I got off my paper. You're good. Go ahead. My number four is again. You could question it, but it's I, I will stand firm on it that it is a pro wrestling action figure. Is the original mail away Sergeant Slaughter GI Joe action figure. That Joe's surrounded by Cobras. Yeah, but that Joe's Sergeant Slaughter. He's joined the G.I. Joe team. So we're celebrating by giving away Sergeant Slaughter action figures. But you can't buy them in stores. You've got to earn them. Here's how. Collect five Sergeant Slaughter certificates or call the number on the certificate and Sergeant Slaughter will tell you how to get in on the action with only four certificates. There's a $1 handling charge. See details in specially marked packages. G.I. Joe. Nobody tastes on Cobras better than Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Joe. Not the one. Are you kidding me? This is my number four. That's your number four, too? (laughs) To be honest. Are you talking about the one with the USA? Uh, The USA, yeah, the Melway. The one that that came with the vehicle. Right, not the camouflage pants with the black tank top, the one that was in the movie. My name is Sergeant Slaughter. Special drill instructor for G.I. Joe. This is the original, the one that looked like his wrestling gear. Yeah, and the one Uh, that... The one that they made a LJN type out of later. They did. They did make an LJN type. But again, this one to me, that one, that dude, that that's the thing about us. Y'all don't understand. We loved wrestling so much that we played wrestling with our GI Joes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? We yeah, absolutely. We we probably 
would have done it with any action figure we had used as wrestling. But G.I. Joes were so bendable and moldable that you could literally use them as wrestlers. I mean, Road Pig made a great sting. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Dreadnoughts made good Road Warriors. I mean, you could do all kinds of cool stuff with them. But you know, we, probably had, we probably had Daisy Duke as a, a uh, valet. Uh, right. Yeah, from the, from the Dukes of Hazard lines. Yeah, we did. I'm I'm positive we did, and I still got a Bo Duke somewhere. I found him like a, about five years ago. I think it must be. Yeah, but anyway, Sergeant Slaughter, GI Joe. I mean, tell me and tell me how cool. Because then that led us down a path of you know the refrigerator Perry coming out a little bit later after I was that. Mention- That's right, it's William the Refrigerator Perry. The fridge is joined G.I. Joe. And you can get a free fridge. Here's how. Collect five fridge certificates or call the number on the certificate and the fridge will tell you how to get in on the action with only four certificates. There's a $1 handling charge. See details on specially marked G.I. Joe packages. Watch out, Cobra. Fridge is coming through. Go, Joe! I was going to mention the fridge. Does he count as a wrestler? No, I mean, <laughs> arguable because he was in that WrestleMania two battle Royal. Well, I mean, but, he's just as much a wrestler as he is a GI Joe, I guess. <laughs> it's a good point. Cause they, he never really showed up on anything, but the fridge to me was, it was so cool because you could call that one 800 number and listen to the, Hey, and I remember calling it and calling it and calling it and then calling it one day. It didn't work anymore. You know, it was yeah. like no, no longer, in service but they're like quit it kid when you've heard heard it enough layoff brother (laughs) but yeah to me the sergeant slaughter original mail away gi joe that is my number four i love that action figure and it's cool that it's your number four too so yeah it's a three and three quarter inch it's uh it's got the usa tank top on uh he's got the i think he's got the little like whatever you call that thing that he holds baton 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 like yeah Yeah, and 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 he even wrestled in that gear in AWA, you know. Right. So. Yeah, and he was uh, perfect. You know, it's just so cool that he got that opportunity, and that helped. You know, Vince gave him his blessing, from what I remember hearing about it. He was like, "Yeah, you got to do it." I mean, like, because they had an LJN that was going to come out, and I know I've seen prototypes and everything like that on it, but that's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was amazing and awesome, uh, you know, and just cool to see that kind of crossover of wrestling and G.I. Joe together. That was mind-blowing for us. It was like our two loves at the time. It was, man. And anybody, you know, we love G.I. Joes. We collected G.I. Joes. We probably had as many G.I. Joes as about any person we can. Other than the fact that we're still waiting for the aircraft carrier. Come on, Dad. USS flag. Come on. Where's it at? Where's it at? Oh, man. It'll show up one day, I feel like. <laughs> but anyway, Sergeant Dad's Slaughter. Like, Dad's like Clark Griswold and finds it in the attic or something. <laughs> in, in, in the poor farm. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody oh, else found that. Somebody else found it. That'd be terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. We should just buy that house and, yeah. you know, put all our action figures in it. Or in a titty bag. An itty bitty ditty bag. But anyway, yeah, that's number four. What? So my number three, since that was your number four, right? I mean, right. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No need to keep. So my number three, man. This these top three were tough, Jut, and I just. 
I went with this one because I did not hold it as number two or number one. And so my number three is a tie and it's the same guy, but his two different action figures. And you could probably guess, but it's the Ric Flair Galoob and the Ric Flair Rimco. And I remember our Ric Flair Rimco had the white, you know, robe and purple trunks, white boots. To me, it looked like Ric Flair. If you look at it, it ain't perfect, but it's a Rimco sculpt. And then you had the blue trunks, Galoob, Ric Flair with the title belt. And to me, they're two great action figures of my all-time favorite pro wrestler. The only way they could have been number one, though, is because we weren't like childhood fans of Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Right. Like and we hated him as a child. But right. We hated him as a child. And then Galoob, when I would have started liking him a little more, I was a little out of action figures by that point. I was, you know, girls were my thing at that point. <laughs> Give me hell, yeah! But we weren't playing with action figures as much. We were watching Young Guns movies and... <laughs> Things like that. Probably yeah. playing Little League and stuff like that. Playing Little League, playing basketball, all that fun stuff. So, But yeah, the Ric Flair Galoob and Ric Flair Rimco. I mean, you know, it's a tie on those. Although maybe the Rimco is probably like 3A and the Galoob is 3B. I still feel like I love that Galoob a lot. I have him. He's one of those that, like you said earlier, you can have him on your shelf and he's statuesque. He's sitting on my desk right now and he's very statuesque. And it's just a Ric Flair standing right there like saying what's up you know and yeah that's that's where i'm at on number three so i'm i'm as excited to hear your three through one as i am to tell mine so i'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and shut up and listen for your number three now so so my number three uh again if you've listened to the podcast enough you know that this guy's one of our favorites and we love his stuff and everything like that it's the galoob blue pants original sting the surfer sting, whatever you want to call him with yeah. the spike, with the spike yeah. uh, hair and the neon face paint. And he's got, I don't know, he's a, he's a pretty good wrestling pose. He's got his arms up and you can do a lot of stuff with that. Whereas sure. some of the poses for like the LJNs were a little more difficult to do anything with. I'm looking at you, Rick rude. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like that Rick rude figure could be on my list if it was a better pose, but right. Right. Um, but we're talking about sting here and it's just a great figure. I'm sure it had to be Galoob's biggest seller at the time. Oh, uh, sure. Had uh, to be. With, with the way that sting was presented and everything like that. And yeah, it, it just looks good. And you know, there are other stings in that set. There's an orange pants and there's one where he's got like a jacket on. A jacket on. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool one too. Uh, the blue one just means more to me because we had it and uh, we played with it. And I still have a version of it. I don't know if I have the one we had, but I, I've yeah. got it. So. Right. And the colors of the f- figure, you know, yeah. like the face me, paint's good. Yeah. Yeah. The colors, the blue pants, the, the, the face paint is just really pops in the hair. And he had the rat tail and it was just surfer yeah. sting at his finest. I, that was on my honorable mentions and it could have been in my top 10, but I just couldn't squeeze him in anywhere without representing all the others. But, you know, to me, sting, you know, I do think like before I did a podcast, if before I started the live and in color podcast, would Steve Kern's fabulous ones have been on there? I don't know. Maybe not. Would, you know, but I do feel like confident in my top 10. 
one thing that's put me across the the edge on on the uh, the sting was just I felt like I had to get Rick on there and sting to me was just secondary but man that sting figure is is really it could have been my it could have been 10 B for me you know yeah. just a beautiful figure that is definitely one of my high high honorable mentions so yeah Man, so like we said we've got so many honorable mentions, guys. It's not even. Uh, yeah, we're going to quickly go through them, though. We're not going to, yeah. you know, it may be something will pull us off that. But anyway, so my number two, I almost want to make you guess my number two. But if you haven't heard him on the list yet, I think you probably know what my number two is. So I'll say this I loved this figure longer than this guy was in the promotion. <laughs> and. <laughs> He to I me, should have guessed. To me, this figure uh, possibly could be my number one, if not for the number one. It he might would, should be your number one. What makes me think I'm going to end up number two? Confidence. Because of the amount of time that I played with him, enjoyed him. To me, it looked like the guy. And oh, this yeah. guy was almost mythical to me. Because, you know, we loved like He-Man. We loved the Barbarians movie, which, by the way, I have a copy of. I need to get to you. Uh, oh, please. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible, by the way. It still holds up. And if we had it, we need to do a, I don't know how we'll ever do a watch along of that movie, but we'll figure something out. Hey, hey, action movie, guys. Let us get on there and let's watch The Barbarians. Seriously, guys, are y'all sleeping or what? Are y'all not hearing this? Yeah. If y'all don't, like, don't like that movie, then... Yeah, we'll do it ourselves. If you don't like that movie, then we're leaving the network. I'm dealing with a lot of schleps. Yeah, if you don't like that movie, we're starting our own (laughs) podcast of action movies just to do that. Exactly. But anyway, so I loved the, the, we loved the gigantic muscle dudes. It was just something that every kid loved the gigantic monster dudes, Ultimate Warrior, Sting, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan, and all those guys. And this guy was that ultimate gigantic gigantic monster but just you know i even remember looking up his matches later on and just there was one tape we had one match of his on against big john stud and this is the ted rcd ljn action figure <laughs> i know bro how can you ever say that a ted rcd action figure is Dude, that, on- that ted rcd is getting mentioned in a uh yeah yeah, yeah. podcast is pretty uh, Well, I mean, hey, Ted RC, I would love to have Ted RC on. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, and we'll 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 think about that. We'll look into that because you know Ted has gone on to do acting in a lot of movies. He actually has a good amount of roles that he's played. I remember there was one movie he played. It was like on Law and Order. I think he played a, a landlord of a apartment that a murder happened in. I know he's been in some other movies that happened in Boston, New York, that kind of thing. But he was just you know this ultimate jacked dude. He replaced Kim Patera after Kim Patera had left. You know Vince always had a strongest man there. He always had a world's strongest man. And at the one time, Ted RCD was legitimately the ultimate strongest man because of the bench press that he did. But I mean, he always had those guys that were those, that one dude that was the Kim Patera, the Ted RCD, the Mark Henry, you know, those kind of guys that were the strongest men. And to me, Ted RCD, you know, he had probably a better career in world-class but, you know, 
to me, the the figure outlives the the actual man, and the action figure looked like Ted Arcidi. You know, that was yeah. the other thing. I felt like it was a great representation. And again, this is an action figure that the Sheik has gotten for me. And I mean, dude, it's just it's such a great figure. It looks like him, and he's just he's just massively monstrous, dude. You know, and and realistically, somebody who can look at it more. You know, I like the figure, but I didn't love it like you did. But I can look at it more and say it's a good-looking action figure. I mean, it right. it, it like right. it like legitimately looks good. Yeah, yeah. For for his for the uh, I don't know if they were expecting to push him more. I don't know what happened that they didn't. Uh, you know, that they made such a fabulous figure for somebody who realistically you can maybe find one or two matches of his. Right. You know, that's a great point. <laughs> like I said, his action figure in my heart outlasted his career. You yeah. Know? And and I was I was really tough on this because I didn't I was like, you know, the Ric Flair Galoob I didn't have enough good time in you with. I love the way it looks. The Ric Flair Rimco had a lot of time with, but I think he took a lot of punishment from the he other took some beatings. He took some beatings. But the Ted RCD, to me, I just hold him in such high regard, you know. It's funny. I don't know. And it's funny that you were the guy that weightlifted and not me. You would yeah. have thought like I would have taken I did some when I was younger, but my only thing was I wanted abs. And once I got a six pack of abs, I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll keep that going, you know. But and and then they didn't last very long because I, I only had them for like a year. But anyway, Ted R C D to me, he's just like the he was like animal. You know, animal was awesome, but I, I always loved Hawk. But yeah. It was just a thing that, you know, every kid in the 80s loved the ultimate monster muscle dude. Ted Arcidi was not very tall. He does have some decent matches with Big John Studd. But again, you know, I love Big John Studd, too. Speaking of him, he's one of my honorable mentions in the LJN figure. I, I love Big John Studd. The only problem I have with that figure is he is crouching like he's kind of taking a dump. Yeah. I wish... You know, and that's one thing that Sin Bodhi did. If you look at Sin Bodhi, I highly recommend looking up Sin Bodhi, S I N N B O H D I. Look him up on Facebook and look at his figures. He straightened Big John Studd's legs. So when he is facing the guys, he looks much taller than like he should versus the, you know. But I, I that's another person I, I could talk about all day is Big John Studd. I, I love that guy and his character. But when it comes down to it, number two for me, Ted RCD LJN. What about love you? it? Love it. My number two, and honestly, I think if I look at the LJN line, and and the reason this guy is where he is, if I look at the LJN line as a collector now at my age, uh, in the last five years of really kind of beefing up my collection, I think this may be one of the best, if not the best, figure in the whole series. It's the one man gang LJN. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. it just looks. Uh, I mean, it's it's got his size. It's got his, you know, mohawk tattoos. It's got I don't know. It's it's a great figure. I love it. Um, I have it. It's a, uh, uh, you know, that's a that's a guy that you kind of think, you know, what happened with him? He could he should have been one of these guys that uh, he won the first Royal Rumble as we talked about, you know, right? Non televised. Right. It was a house show. Right, uh, but you know it would have been a great to see him. Maybe even have got the strap. To me, you know what would have been cool if somebody like him had taken the strap from Hogan and then Warrior beat 
him or something like that. That might have been the cooler go, but uh, yeah, then Hogan then we, then we'd have missed out on Hogan Warrior. So right, right. I don't know. But to me, I almost feel like King Kong Bundy. You know, like it felt like you know because number the first he fought Piper. Honestly, number two should have been against Piper as well, but in a singles match. But it was King Kong Bundy. And I almost feel like the random big guy for Hogan just went away because then, of course, you had Andre at number three. And, you know, to me, you're, I just, I would have loved to have seen the one man gang get more. I love that character, but he put him with Akeem. That just, man, I mean, whether it was a rib on Dusty or whether it was just a thought to just just do something with with gang i don't know i mean you can listen to the bruce pritchard podcast if you want to to figure that out i know they talked about it but to me one man gang was such a cool character a cool gimmick i mean he was just like a giant road warrior if you think about it you know i mean did we have him as a kid or did you get him later on i got him later in life i don't remember us having him as a kid yeah it was he was kind of in some of that later series that were harder to find for us the canadian run or was it not yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know. I think he may have been the series before LGN. that, but it was like, yeah, it's. Yeah. I'd have to look at him to see if. Yeah, but but because I, I don't think he has that. A lot of times in the later runs, they have that if they're like paint rubs off, you can see the color, like blue or black or whatever underneath the whole like figures made of that color and painted over. Yeah, yeah. Some corners were cut in those later figures. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, you know, at One Man Gang, that's a very toyetic, beautiful action figure for sure. So I'm going to go ahead and say my number one. And we may have the same number one or we may not. But I, I might bet we do, but we'll see. <laughs> well. So my number one is, without a doubt, the most important pro wrestling action figures to me and possibly sparked a lifelong love affair with the business and and the sport of pro wrestling is the Rimco Road Warrior action figures. What a rush. They, no question to me, they were the badasses of all badasses. Their action figures were so, it was just like, oh my God, these guys are from another planet almost, you know? But they're so cool looking. They're so tough looking. They're so real looking. Animal had the red tattoo on his arm. Hawk had the perfect paint. And Animal had his paint and had the haircut, had the look, you know, the pants, the chaps, the, the sh- I mean, just. Paul Ellering with the shirt. The dog collar, you know, to me, the number one, without a doubt, and number one with a bullet (laughs) is the Road Warriors from Rimco. Number one, also for me, without a doubt, means so much to me. It's, you know, those are the Hulk Hogan kind of are the first in my mind of what wrestling figure do I remember first? I mean, yeah, either those are Hulk Hogan. I can't remember which one I remember first, but they both have long-term memory in my mind and yeah they were special 
you always liked hawk, so you played with hawk. I always liked animal. I played with animal. Yeah. And we had uh, Paul Ellering managing him against the probably the free birds a lot of times or something. Like right. That. right. He might have even joined in against the free birds. Uh, right. Right. He did. And that was the beauty of it. But, you know, to me, I remember the Christmas we went to our Aunt Jeanette's in Council, Virginia. Look it up on a map. If you don't know where Council is, look it up on a map. It's one of those towns that if you blink, you miss it. You'll miss you, it. It's, it's more like a, you know, a little community. But, you know, we would stop at her trailer on, on Christmas, and we were at her granny's, and then we would go to her house and stop there, and then we would go to Marionetti's where we would end up and then come back home. And that was our tradition for probably a good decade. And then, you know, I remember we went to her granny's house and then we always knew we were going to get some more toys so we went to Jeanette's and she had this for us and it was the action figures of Hawking Animal and we had the LJN ring and that was just heaven that was probably I don't know what else we got that year but I know for a fact that that probably was in contention for gift Uh, of the year probably so definitely so yeah, and how she decided to pick those, who knows? You know, if she just saw them and said, hey, this will do and this will do, whatever. Or did we say, hey, Road War, whatever. I, I don't know if I even remember the Rimcos existing other, unless we saw them with our cousin, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. I can't remember either. But anyway, like I said, the Road Warrior Rimco figures to me. And, you know, Steve talks about a funny story on on that episode with Steve, how he was worried that they were going to kill him because they were going <laughs> over a match. And he yeah. was trying to sign them to a deal. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to have Steve back on just to break down how he went about getting each of the guys, you know, because we we kind of showed our cards that we were Jim Crockett heavy. But, you know, what what did he have to go through to get the rest of the guys? Or maybe they were all just AWA guys that had to do it, you know, but yeah, maybe there wasn't a choice. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, the the Rimco Road Warriors to me are without a doubt Desert Island. If you're going to a desert island and you had to take some action figures, those are the ones. So, yeah, absolutely. They'd be in my, they'd be in my uh, carry on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's number one, you know, and it's funny that you had the same number four as me and the same number one. I know we've talked a lot about them in the past, but do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Road Warriors at Rimco figures? Uh, just like, you know, and I think. I tell you, it's one of my honorable mentions, so I'll go ahead and mention it. The Hasbro Road Warriors, I love those. Sure. Um, Me too. You know, Mine too. Yeah. The, you get a different kind of look of them than you do the Rimco, which makes it cool too. Sure. Uh, so, But the Rimco to me just stand above it. They've got the nostalgia element. Nostalgia element, and they just meant so much to us. And they were our first uh, figure or some of our first figures. So they mean uh, – you know, they kept us in as wrestling fans and yeah. we played we played with those things to death. I mean Yeah. Yeah, definitely did. And they were usually the winners in all the matches. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever didn't go over so yeah, so you know, we did reach number one here. What are let me go over some of my honorable mentions and then I'll let you, okay? Is that cool? So yeah. 
Here's some of my honorable mentions. I'm going to kind of break them down by by toy maker. So for LJN, I loved Roddy Piper, Big John Stud, Andre the Giant, the first one with the crazy hair, Macho Man, Terry Funk, loved that one, Bobby Heenan and Hercules with the you know Hercules gear gauntlet that he only wore a few times. YouTube, okay. <laughs> And on the the another one for me is the Rimco Freebirds. Love that line. You know, the three Freebirds, we didn't probably see a lot of the Freebirds wrestle, you know. But but when we did, it was cool because their action figures were there. You know, the original San Francisco Toy Makers, that one is one for me is the Bobby Eaton Blue Bloods line. I love that one. There's some cool ones in there. The Sting, there's a Macho Man, there's, a, you know, some others that are pretty cool. But to me, that one with the Bobby Eaton and the Blue Bloods, that, that, I have that one. Thank you, Sheik. The Hasbro. Yeah, the Hasbro, I said it earlier, but Razor Ramon, LOD, Demolition, that was cool to have Demolition. I remember, you know, we were not we were never bigger fans of Demolition than we were the Road Warriors, but we did like Demolition. Right. And there, I remember having their Hasbros and really looking at them and, like, critiquing them and going over them. And I remember liking the, the Hasbro Demolition. And then, of course, Skinner, got to love some Skinner. Again, representing Steve Kern on that one. Then, of course, Galoob, you said Sting. I brought that one up. Brian Pillman also. Oh, yeah. Was a very cool with the balloon. Bengals trunks. Yeah. The Bengals trunks, yeah, they just look so good. And and the one that I'll never have because I don't know that more than one of them exists. But if I were to ever wake up and get a Galoob that I just truly desire, it's that Ricky Morton that I don't think happened past a prototype, right? We're looking at you, Matt Cardona. You have it, so you bastard. But and then probably Jack's superstar line is the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. And I've got a theory on that Jack's superstars line is the Rock and Roll Express. They mix the heads up because if you look, if you put the brown hair on Ricky and the blonde hair on. Robert, you would see that they mix the heads up. And next time you get a chance, look at those figures, you know, and their heads are definitely mixed up in my personal opinion. So anyway, I owned those one at one time and now I can't afford to buy them back. So (laughs) it's my life, but I I needed the money, I guess, at the time. And anyway, so those are pretty much my honorable mentions. If I were to go with Mattel, I really like the first Macho Man they made with the pink trunks and the and the glasses and you know the Mattel line is beautiful I, I, I they're just a little too new for me the the original Road Warrior line the LOD line they made was really good you know the early ones that I remember Ricky Steamboat you know Terry Funk those guys as far as the Mattel now you know they're making incredible stuff don't get me wrong all their current stuff looks just impeccable you know the ultimate 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 elite the yeah. more the more elite than the last elite you know that kind of stuff but anyway what's your honorable mention Sheik we've got another eight eight hours <laughs> Well, I'll try to keep it short. You know, I, I probably won't go over too many of the ones I've already mentioned, but yeah, uh, one that one that I've got that I just love, and I've got three or four copies of this because every time I see it on eBay at a good deal, I buy it. Is the LJN Mean Gene Okerlund? Oh uh, yeah, great figure. You needed that one to to interview your wrestlers. I mean, why you else? did you did? Um, Ken Patera LJN. I like that one. Uh, I'm looking at him right now. I've got I've got. Uh, him staring at me right now. He's a, uh, he's definitely got the bodybuilder, uh, power lifter. I mean, look, and 
he's uh he's ready to take on Ted RCD for the world's strongest man's just uh just make sure to give him a cheeseburger McDonald's if he asks for one. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Are you> crazy. <laughs> uh Roddy Piper, the They Live Hollywood Elite, uh Mattel, it's a great looking figure. It could be a little better to me. I I haven't I could never find one and I'd pre I'd ordered not I didn't pre-order, but I've ordered it several times when I saw a site have it and then they never ship it, so and then they cancel my order and refund my money. So, yeah, there goes that. Yeah, uh, Road Warriors Hasbro I mentioned those great figures. Uh, the Triple H and Sting that you got, uh, Little Sheik. Uh, it's a WrestleMania match. Uh, they're yeah. just they're basic. They're not even the like uh, elite, but they're like the basic figures. But the the way they've rubbed Sting's Sting's face paint off like after this for a post-match look is just impeccable for a for a basic sure uh, let's see uh the heart foundation ljn love those i especially love the jim neidhart um the bret hart looks like sylvester stallone to me i don't know <laughs> but they were just copying he's got the cobra look or something from from the movie cobra with uh sylvester stallone but yeah. neidhart looks great uh he's maybe he could have very easily been in my top 10. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Hasbro or LJN. Love them. Uh, Jack's Classic Superstars, you were talking about those. I love that. I love that entire series. Uh, if yeah. it wasn't so expensive, I would go out and buy the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just Power Town, I'm, I'm anxious to see. I'm really anxious for the Carrie Von Eric and the Bruiser and the magnum uh to see how they turn out though they look fabulous from what i've seen and i think that got it all yeah, yeah. oh i i, I kind of got as I, I may end up with this sooner than later but i love the look of that no holds barred two-pack uh with zeus and hulk hogan that i missed out on right so, right one day you'll have one it. day maybe one day yeah i have faith you can get it but <laughs> yeah anyway that that's just i mean i i just wanted to do this episode you know we <laughs> We we had some things lined up that we thought we might make happen. Especially one show we were planning on making was Dave Milliken. And then all of a sudden, bloop, he shows up on the Jericho podcast. But so it's like, yeah, let's not do that one right now. So we're going to push Dave Milliken a few, maybe get him at the end of March. But anyway, I'm really glad that we did this episode because it felt really like a no-brainer to do this. Plus, also, a lot of our listeners have been like, hey, I like the action figure stuff. Let's hear more about it. And again, a lot of our episodes, we don't really want them to go to two hours or more because to me, that just fatigues the listener. And, and sometimes, you know, you can... St- start to just think oh man this show's too long let's let's pare this down a little so you know with that being said i think i'm gonna shut up <laughs> i think it's great i'm glad we did it i'm glad you uh told uh, you you basically when we were talking about everything you're like hey let's do this yeah i was like good let's go let's do it because i mean it, it, why not right i mean it's right, wrestling and and you're the plastic chic, so you know. And we've been we've been meaning to do something with the plastic chic anyway. So yeah, and we've got more plans for the plastic chic in the future. Trust us on that. So we just gotta we just gotta get some things lined up and figured out exactly the path that we want to take with it. Some other shows, friends of ours or not, have kind of 
taken that lead on some things and you know we want to make sure that we are representing the chic and 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 doing things with fun with action figures too because that was part of the promise from the start of this show we would have interviews with wrestlers we would have jared as a host (laughs) (laughs) those are my two promises and then we would talk about topics and and the what ifs that series we're gonna have more of those i promise here's the thing i will say this the what if episode is not something that jared and i take lightly we do not want to just half-ass it we don't want to just read from wikipedia and and then bs our way through it so the what ifs are are something that we take very seriously so if you don't see a lot of them all the time that doesn't mean that we're not planning some i think we've gone over that we have probably eight to ten ideas of what ifs but but the work that we put into what ifs sometimes is just a lot so even though we're not doing one at the moment it does not mean that you won't hear about it in the future and it also does not mean that we're not planning it already it's just we're not releasing them regularly because like i said we want our what ifs to be the definite question we want to have a definite answer and we want you know we want it to be the ultimate you know we want to make you think we want to make you you know like say hey that makes that makes sense it's good to hear that yeah. It's a different, that's a different perspective on it. Thought I never it. thought of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we've done two that have included Sting, and not all of them will. We've got, I think the next one we've got is going to really be a great one. So, only our next 10 will include Sting. Yeah, only our next 10, and then we'll be done with him. But seriously, we do love Sting, and that's why they happen. But our next one is not going to include Sting. Our next one is going to be amazing. And our next one is going to be one that you've definitely asked what if for. And that we'll leave it at that. So anyway, I tell you what, let's take a break, and we'll come back and wrap things up, Sheik. How's that? Sounds great, man. All right, be right back after these messages. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stop Down with me, Stoppy, and my little brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Yes, you are. So join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben as we review monster movies from all around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and trivia. That's right, peasants. You'll find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Match Wednesdays, Friday Night Fights, each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So please join us at the Monster Movie Stopdown. Your one-stop chop for monster movie reviews, interviews, news, contests, and of course, me, Stumpy. And Frank. And we are back with Greatest Pro Wrestling Action Figures episode. And I tell you, man, uh, you know, like we said earlier, this one was a long time coming. I'm glad we did it. It's something that represents not only our fandom 
possibly maybe what created our fandom. It also represents the plastic chic. So, you know, y'all, if you love action figure episodes, let us know. Make sure it's, you know, you say, hey, look, we love these. Give us more and we'll figure out ways to give you more. Whether we do it by company, whether we just do like a deep dive on the company or whether we do, you know, whatever. But long story short, we will we will make it happen. If you want more action figures, we will give you that. If you want more plastic chic, whether you want him or not, that's going to happen in the future. But <laughs> other than that, we just want to thank you all so much for listening and, and sticking around with us. You know, very happy with the response to our previous episodes with Royal Rumble, Mount Rushmore, all that. We thank you all so much for that. You know, we're just having fun here, right, Sheik? Absolutely. It's a great time to talk about wrestling and, and hope Hopefully you all enjoy listening to us talk about wrestling and we welcome your feedback and whichever way you choose to contact us. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, if you all have ideas that you'd like to hear us talk about on here, by all means, if you have wrestlers that you would like us to talk to, tell us on the Facebook page, you know, again, we are at GMBMPW. That's the give me back my pro wrestling official Facebook page, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at GMBMPW on YouTube as well. Just go subscribe. We've gotten a lot of cool people subscribing to us on there and and we're very happy with the response. But if you have not done that, go follow us, go like us, go subscribe to us. We can't thank y'all enough. We're trying our best to give you something or an alternate take or just a continuation of something for pro wrestling. And the name says it as it is. Give me back my pro wrestling. It doesn't mean that pro wrestling's gone, but what it means is, is we love it so much. It's a name to evoke nostalgia, right? That's what it is. Absolutely. So with that being said, you know, next couple episodes we've got coming up, I'm very excited about. I want to kind of say this. We've got the Crippler Jeff Daniels. He's a longtime wrestler from the Middle Tennessee area. He's actually from Louisiana, but he had a lot of good times in Middle Tennessee. I'm very excited for y'all to be able to hear that episode. That's going to be coming up as our next episode. And then honestly, the one after that, I'm going to keep as a secret, but it is going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be a bit of a crossover with a fellow podcasting person (laughs) we'll just say that but that's going to be a lot of fun as well can't wait for that to happen y'all just stick around with us she you know what are you thinking about the future man how you feeling it's looking bright brother we're gonna have some good times here and and uh, y'all buckle up and enjoy the ride that's right so with that being said thank y'all again for listening to the greatest pro wrestling action figures episode of give me back my pro wrestling and we'll see y'all next time with jeff daniels don't forget fight action figures action figures (laughs) action figures (laughs) with a tear in my eye this is the greatest moment in my life This has been a James Rock Street production.